Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, everyone. This is Rochelle, and I'm here with Kay Ham. We're going to start uh, our first episode of TalkBox, and we're going to speak on our favorite topic today, one of our favorite topics today, uh, 9-11. And I think that we were just going to start off with a video um, in a, a small audio um, with some eyewitnesses from the day of 9-11. And um, I can introduce Kay. Hello. Hello, Rochelle. How Hello. are you today? I am relaxed. relaxed. <laughs> to it's great. It's great Uh-oh. to be it's here today. I think we're going to do some exploring uh, on the go with some names. And we already know one of the people's names that's in this video, Carolyn Dries. Um, and I guess we could probably talk about her later. Do you, did you did you want to play the video, or did you, uh, what do you think? Yes, I have. Um, well, as Rochelle and I were talking about this Carolyn Dries, um, she is part of an eyewitness account of filmographers, or however when you, you call those things, of people on the day of 9-11-2001 who took, quote, independent, unquote, footage of the events of 9-11. And so she's one of several people who did that. And so the, I, think that, I think that what they did was they mentioned in these, out of, they, well, they said hundreds, so they didn't give a specific number, but there was nine people that they were speaking to that day, which is a really interesting number. But those are the people that they're speaking to. And I guess I wanted to, I didn't have the opportunity to um, figure out who who these people were. So I figured we were going to see if we could find that. I, I, I'm highly, what I'm expecting to find is that these people are well connected to someone or some kind of entity of some sort. That's what I'm expecting. So, All right. We got a prediction. People connected to media might be the independent filmographers from the day of 9-11. Interesting. Interesting. I can't wait to get going and see who these people are, the independent filmographers. Is that what they call them? Independent? Um, In some of the, or eyewitness accounts, there's a pretty good intro to the video that I'm going to play. So there's the video called 102 Minutes That Changed America. And so what they, yeah, they show these things back to back, but in the background, I noticed there's a lot, a ton of editing. So, and there's a ton of overlay with different music and different weird sounds that kind of come and go and different hums. Did you notice all the hums? No, but I I know what you're talking about. The, um, the audio of, uh, like the, the freaky music audio, (laughs) the scary movie audio. Right. Uh, I noticed that. So I, uh. And so it just takes you from but when the first plane hits all the way to after the tower collapses and people are covered with dust. So that's really the span of the independent <clears throat> film footage. And you see everything, man on the street, people up in the apartment, 
dusty firemen, you know, empty streets, deserted, just the whole, you know, it, it spans the whole timeline of 9-11 quite nicely. But at the end of 102 Minutes is another movie, which they just tag right on. They even overlap the credits and stuff. It's called Eyewitness, but an I like the letter I. Eyewitness 9-11, and that's where they interview. So that's really the best part of this movie is the second movie where they interview all the independent filmographers. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's the last 20 minutes, basically. So, all right. Um, so that the audience members can follow along if they want. So if you Google 102 minutes, well, it's like 9-11-102 minutes that changed America. We're going to start at 141.16, only because there's an intro there. So if you want to follow along with us, go to... a one hour, 41 minutes, and 16 seconds. Okay. All right, and I'm going to press play on the video now. Okay. On September 11th, people around New York City witnessed history. Hundreds of them grabbed their cameras and documented what they saw. You are about to meet nine of them. Viewer discretion is advised. I had my camera out and I just turned it on and started shooting just to sort of do something. It was my obligation to document my reality. What was happening was just a video camera rolling in my hand on the street a block away from World Trade Center. Smile. Oh. <laughs> I just started my senior year at NYU, and we were about a week into classes. I remember um, there's footage of me kind of exploring my apartment because I just got my video. All right, stop. Um, we are Carolyn Dries. She's the first one they're interviewing. So you want to look up Carolyn? We you heard a little bit of her voice. Yep. She's a student at a senior year at NYU. She's in a dorm, like students are in dorms. Yeah, like, seriously. All right, let's uh, look up Carolyn Dry, shall we? Well. See who that girl is. Well, 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 well. Um, I thought I had her pulled up here already, because this was originally what we wanted to speak on. Was this lady here? And so, just pull up. Should I just pull up her wiki? And I mean, oh what's yeah, up? that's what they right. That's the uh, press release, basically. <laughs> so these people, yeah, I guess that's pretty, this is as deep as it gets. Okay, but you know, interestingly enough, uh, she just her video has been spoken about recently in the news for some reason, and I had heard people at my work speaking about this, which is why I looked into it, and they were speaking about the video as if it was new. And so they didn't know, you know, they they weren't mentioning whose video it was, just talking about the terror of it and the screams and everything. And um, so, you know, I after a few days, I looked into the video and then uh, looked into the producer of the video, literally a producer. And um, she just happens to be a television writer and producer for, like, major TV shows and stuff like that. She's, she works for Hollywood, basically. So, so Carolyn Dries is, uh, works for Hollywood. Oh. 
a Hollywood producer. And I mean, that's so typical and so expected that I wasn't even shocked. I don't know how I wasn't even surprised. I was. Uh, it's a different kind of surprise now. It's like I, I can't believe this is still continuing to be uh, to follow the same pattern. So that's the message. Another Hollywood insider. And did her, what she, um, the things she wrote as a writer in Hollywood were things like The Vampire Diaries. I mean, super popular TV shows. Yeah, never seen it, but I've seen it on Netflix, right? Like, I've seen the, it's as an option on Netflix. So, like, I even know of it, even as little as I watch TV, I even know of it. She did um, Smallville, which I know was super popular, the little Batman, stupid, evil it just drove me crazy because the Lex Luthor character was like 18 and bald and a super evil villain. I'm like, come on, bald at 18? They have a story of how he got bald, but actually, it's kind of funny. No, I thought it was like Spider-Man or Superman or something. That's Smallville. It's like that, yeah. And then there's she She was a writer for Melrose Place in 2009. Hmm. That's what, 2008 or 9 is the earliest her bio goes. 2009, yeah, well. Yeah, and she took this video in 2001. She was a senior. I was going to look, what has she been doing for seven years? Yeah, in between. Well, how old is she? I can't find how old she is. Because, I mean, that's important. We don't know how old she was when she graduated. Right. We don't know. Where's her credits? Usually they say full bio. All right. I am on the IMBD app. She's on it. Caroline Dry's biography. They're not really saying. Yeah, you can't really find anything on her. I figured. Yeah. She's a mystery. All right. So she's now she's a, a full-time writer working for Hollywood. For her. Well, let's see what the last thing she wrote was. That's pretty cool. 2015. They're like episodes of. Oh, she's still writing Vampire Diaries right now. Look at that. That's still going on. So she's got a full time gig there. That's good. I think that's about it. But boy, she's been on a ton of shows. Yeah, she is not shy to Hollywood, and she's done a ton of interviews, too. Mm-hmm. With a pretty little mug all over the internet. All right, shall we finish listening to Carolyn Dries on the day of 9-11? I guess we have to, Kay. We're in this. we <laughs> continue it. All right. I'm starting at one forty-two Well, I'm way ahead of you. Go ahead and play for a second. All right. I'm pressing play now camera and it just really highlights like how mundane my life was it was just a normal monday night megan and i both woke up to the first plane hitting the building i was like that did sound like a bomb so we opened the blinds looked around on the ground and then i looked up oh my god My initial instinct was it looked exactly like when there was like a parade for the Yankees and there's just confetti everywhere. 
No way. Is that like paper or like pieces of the building? It's like paper. So that was my like immediate instinct, and then and then I you know then I saw the smoke. I've uh, been pause. Yeah, that we're starting another dude. I found it interesting that you know this is another way to explain how the paper got all over the streets of Lower Manhattan that day. You know, she's eyewitness to that how it got out. Yeah. It was everywhere. I heard even um, one little hole. relatives who were in New York during 9-11. They were hearing reports of paper all over lower Manhattan. What would be the purpose of that? It's like, is this proof the buildings came down? But I mean, the paper was out before the buildings came down. The paper was everywhere. Right. Before, during, one, and after. One little hole, too. It's crazy. That mm-hmm. was burning. I don't know. It's just weird. Where did the plane, the plane dis- apparently the plane disintegrated because it didn't do any blocking of anything at all. It didn't, blo- it didn't, like, you know, when something goes, like, so the plane went into the building, made this massive hole, the plane disappeared, so there's all the plane, the whole plane is inside of the building, and the pieces of the building that were crushed with the plane going inside are also inside of the building, so you'd think that it'd be, like, not really like an open hole, rather more like a like crumbled wall that like can't you know what I mean? Like you've basically introduced like a massive amount of material like into the building. Uh, so I don't know. So it should be like all smashed up into the opening, plugging the opening it made in yeah. the first place. Yeah, I feel like the op- there I feel like it'd be like yeah, I feel like the opening would be like like mangled with debris, you know what I mean? Like, piled high with debris. I hate that word, debris, but... I just feel like it wouldn't be, like, an open hole. Like, you just, like, punch through a wall and, you know, to the outside of the wall. Like it, Right, okay, so... Like, I you drive your car into a house, like, the car is now inside of the house, along with the hole that it punched, all that material's inside of the house, so it's just, like, a pile of crap inside the house now. It's not, like, an empty hole. Right, and some of the cars outside the house, some of the cars inside the house. If the car is completely inside the house, and that's like, and even like, how is how are papers and stuff going to fly around that, like outside of that and through? I don't know. Right. I noticed also. There's a lot of funny parts to these videos, but um, is it? You think is she actually taking? footage of paper flying out of the World Trade Center. Could we talk about that? Is her video trustworthy as representing events of that day? I don't I don't know. I mean, I just have a hard time believing that it is just be, just because she's from Hollywood and I just feel like there people would there so many other people would have footage of I don't know. I just don't know. Right? How, how many people were in that building that day? And she's the only one who took a video from that view vantage? Yeah, I mean, she was at the perfect... I don't know. It's just... It's it's hard to say. It really is. I mean, this is also 10 years later. Well, I mean, how, I don't know how many years later until her video just came out. I mean, I'm sure she didn't reveal her video like the next day. So who knows, you know? Who really knows? 
right? Is there a way, a way we can find out if she sold her video or not? I mean, you would imagine she sold it to the History yeah. Channel, right? Because they're the ones yeah. who produced this TV show. Or, or some, yeah, she had to have got money from it from somebody at some point. I would imagine the first, yeah, whoever had the movie out first, 102 Minutes. So. All right. Anything else on? Miss Carolyn, where have you been for eight years, Dryce? <laughs> Not much. All right. We might swing back around to her. Yeah. But now we have another character coming up. Literally character Adam Shanker. Adam. Well, let's look him up right now since the yep. audio stopped. His name is Adam. Adam Shanker. Shanker as in Shanksville. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's, come on now. That's just coincidence. Adam Shanker. All right. Let's try that. Interesting. You know, I mean, all I can really find is, um, you know, a LinkedIn thing, camera department. He's a camera operator, though. Of course, because, I mean, how many people were running around with cameras back in those days? Oh, and he's the one that had the professional, so. Somebody uh, had a professional camera, yeah. Right, he had the professional camera. What did, do we know what Caroline Dries had? Was it her cell phone? Oh, she remember she said she bought it the very camera. previous day or something. Yep. It was a handheld little video camera, like a Sony or something. Yep, yep, just got it. All right. And Adam Shanker, so is he most famous for his Times Square video of the 9-11 attacks? Dude, it's almost seeming so. IMB, let's go to his IMBD, see what this young man's been doing lately. How do you know if it's actually them, though? That's what I always... I mean, he hasn't, there's not really much on him, poor guy. Let's see, director, writer, is he even in IMBD? Not really. Oh, I gotta go down to the Steve Buscemi. Oh, that's right, Steve Buscemi's in part of this. Robert De Niro. Oh, oh that movie. Did you see Robert De Niro in this? 102 yeah. minutes? No. He's cited as being in it. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, this is a different movie. I'm sorry. This is 9-11, not 9-11-102 minutes that changed the world. Okay. Oh, wow. Well. So they must have then, this movie must have used Shanks clips. Oh, okay. Shanker. Shanker. Hmm. All right. All they have is two minute, 28 second footage. That's it. Control F. Where's Shanker? Wow, he's not in this. Then why did it link me here? All right, let's do Shankum again. You said Adam Shanker. Was it Adam? Yep. 
He's a nobody. He's not anywhere. There's an Adam Shankman. Which doesn't look anything like that guy. No, he looks British. But he was born in L.A. Oh, wait a minute. Shanker should be in it. I'll do Shanker. Maybe he has a different... No. Well, that's weird. He's not even mentioned. Let's go to Clues Forum and see if Clues Forum. So then what I do is I go Clues Forum, Adam Shanker. See what happens. Tom Shanker? No. Well, that's disappointing. Okay, we'll come back to Shanker, but let's listen, shall we, to Mr. Shanker. All right, I'm at 143.15. Audience, if you would like to follow along, 102 minutes, that changed America. Are we ready? Yeah, yeah. All right, and three, two, one, go. Working as a New York cameraman for 25 years. I was doing a, a small project about Diane Sawyer in Times Square. Okay, I'm going to pause it. Maybe we can use that. Tom Shanker, Diane Sawyer. I mean, Adam Shanker. Yeah. He's a he camera sounds guy. Like, right? Doesn't he sound he's, like a big deal? He's a professional camera guy. Why isn't he an IMBDM then? IMBD. Best Shot Video, Inc. Adam Shanker, Director of Photography. Diane Sawyer exclusive. Sue Kleibold, the mother of the Columbine killer. Oh, of course. God damn it. <laughs> of course Shanker would be doing that. Goddamn motherfucker. <laughs> oh, look, IMBD has what? He's got a pro IMBD. Is that oh, even the same as IMBD? You got to pay to see that thing. Oh, it says Adam Shanker is known for I Want a Baby. It's a movie from 94. Earth, the sequel, 2009. The Cronkite Commentaries, 2007. I'm not paying. He did a Nova thing in 2016. I'm reading through an ad, by the way, <laughs> to get this information. He's done a bunch of behind the musics. He's done one for Jerry Lee Lewis. Shaka Khan, Deborah Harry, Madonna, R.E.M., John Mellencamp, Alice Cooper. I guess he's a big deal. Jamie Foxx, Foo Fighters, Missy Elliott. So now we got to pay to get the proper propaganda? (laughs) What's going on there? It's crazy. All right. All right. So I'm at 143.24. Ready? Okay. Go. And I was taking a wide shot of the Good Morning America studio, and right there on the um, on the jumbotron screen was a shot of the World Trade Center on fire. Oh man! What? I didn't know exactly what was happening at first, but I just thought to myself, you know, my job is really to document things, and there were no other camera crews in Times Square. It never once occurred to me to go anywhere else except to be there. I had a perfectly good story right there. Huh? I can't, I don't know, I can't see. 
boom, this blew up right in, right in the middle of the building. Since I didn't have direct shots of the building or anything like that, uh, what I had was people just in complete shock and disbelief watching September 11th happen in the middle of Manhattan, and uh, it was happening just, you know, a couple miles away. This is not something small. This is huge. And Stop. Mm-hmm. Okay, now we're at Evan Fairbanks. A kind different weird. Dude. He's got a Paisley shirt on. It's kind of creeping me out. He's like a 70s, like, weirdo. Like. Yeah. All right. Evan Fairbanks. At the time he shot the video, he looks he looked like a sur- California surfer. <laughs> they, oh yeah, dude. All right, so. Professional cameraman is Mm -hmm. Adam Shanker, so total Hollywood insider. Evan Fairbanks is also a cameraman, correct? Mm -hmm. Professional cameraman. And they all just happen to be there. Happen to be in the middle of Times Square, or how about um, scheduled to be in the middle of Times Square? Did anybody that wasn't a professional cameraman film this? And always, you know, for the people listening, if you want to do a little more in-depth research, just anything 9-11, Google Clues Forum, and you'll see what research has been done on it, what hasn't. Maybe join up. Maybe you could add something. I don't know. But there's, um, I guess the one thing Clues Forum is good about is they show you if there's anomalies in the video so you can see what looks like it was probably done ahead of time in a studio or not. So uh, did you just look at his IMDb or... Mr. Uh, Fair? I was looking at Clues form, but you know what? Those pages are too long. I need oh. to like, I'm, I'm just getting caught in the reading. Wait a minute. Yeah. We're doing a show here. Yeah, it's hard to navigate. IMBD and Evan Fairbanks. You know what? And his videos, by the way, his 9-11 videos are filled with anomalies. All right. Huh, he's done, you know, a lot of stuff. Gotham, Comedy Live, Love and Hip Hop. Bronies, the extremely unexpected adult fans of My Little Pony. So if he's in the camera department doing all those? Yep, he's got a lot of IMBD credits on cameramen. Probably the latest, 2013? Mm-hmm. Yeah, doesn't look like he's done anything recently. But let's look at each section. Cinematographer? 2008 was the last one he did. Wow. Looks like he's in a lot of um, 9-11 videos, of course. His his video of 9-11 is pretty famous, and it's in a ton of other Mm 9-11 movies. 
Oh my God, here's a bunch of them. 9-11 taboo, the WTC plane fraud. No, oh, so they're gonna, yeah, they're going to just give credit for anything, you know? Interesting. All right. Definitely Hollywood insider, what you say? Right. Well, I mean, is there anybody, uh, is there anybody that I could walk down the street and knock on their door? Uh, I mean, maybe, I don't know. Is there anybody that filmed this video that, uh, you know, uh, you know, might be a couple hundred dollars laying on their bills this month or something like that? Uh, you know, just a normal person. My first there. impulse was, I got to get out there. And, you know, I don't know. Well, we've um, we got three insiders. We got six to go. Maybe we'll hit yeah. one of them. Yeah, just no, somebody that we can't. All right, let's do it. All right, I'm at one forty-four twenty-five. Okay. And we're listening to the young Evan. Well, the old now Evan Fairbanks talk about the younger self on nine eleven. Are we ready? Oh, I was playing it, yeah. All right, we're starting at 144.25, starting now. There. When I first got out on the footbridge, I didn't know exactly what was happening. To me, things seemed eerily calm. All the traffic was stopped, but people were just walking down the street. You know, my first thought coming out was that I just need to get to a vantage point where I can see what's happening. Okay, I'm going to pause it. Already what he showed, so the camera view for Evan is he's walking across his footbridge over a major street in Manhattan from one building to the next. And as he's panning his camera around, there's paper everywhere. Yeah, and n- no building fell yet. The Twin Towers have not fallen, but they've experienced one hit. Not two, right, at this point? I mean, isn't that's just so, like, you know, if you think about it like a giant said, I mean, that's so Hollywood to do something like that. And, I mean, obviously, yeah, that's a lot of money, a lot of work, but, I mean, to create the scene, they're going to do whatever's necessary, and it might even seem a little bit overboard, um, and so, you know, having like, um, a million tons of paper flying everywhere, that does seem a little bit overboard, uh, but they would totally do it as part of the, that's part of completing the set, you know what I'm saying? Right. Almost like they don't know what time period they're going to be shooting. So just create mm-hmm. the scene everywhere. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But where he's at is several blocks away from the World Trade Center and in like a diagonal position. So, at some point, wouldn't some part of the city be in, like, a paper shadow where no paper flew because buildings were in the way? Uh, I mean, you know, okay, so there was one shot that I saw in 102 minutes, and it was just a lot of dust. And, like, the dust had settled, it seemed like, but there was no paper anywhere. And I found that off. And so I didn't know, I mean... There had to be somewhere where the paper just didn't go and the dust went, I guess, and and there had to be, I mean, do you think that the paper would be in a density within, like, a certain uh, area from the buildings, and it wouldn't just continue on and on and on? And, I mean, what is it being pushed by? I mean... Exactly, and, I mean... It, it should just gather. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, if this was a real scene, if this happened on the day, then they must have had people putting paper on every corner. 
<laughs> throwing paper out to get in all the nooks and crannies where these videos even, show it went. Yeah, I don't even think throwing paper. I don't even think that that would be an adequate way to disperse the paper in that manner. I mean, you probably you know, right. Uh, they probably you know fucking dump trucks of paper. <laughs> <laughs> But I think what you said earlier was right. They're setting the scene. I, It looks like a scene, like you said, from a, a video set, a movie I set. I was familiar with, with set construction as far as movies and stuff like that go. But, I mean, I know that they go to the extreme. I know they're always trying to come up with a great idea to get the perfect shot. You know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and they have unlimited budget, and they're going to go to the extreme. I mean, you, you, if you have any DVDs, you should take the liberty and watch how they created the movies they had sometimes they'll show you you know what i mean how we did these movies and how we did these scenes and stuff like that and um how the movie was made and you're just like you can't believe it that they went to these extremes to get this two second shot you know and the amount of money that they spend and so uh i don't you know that's why i don't hesitate to believe that just because it's like ah that's too much work or that would be way too much money i think that especially for the outcome of what happened on that day, I think that if indeed they were um, making scenes and videos and stuff like that, that they would pull out all the stops and they would go to the extreme. And, you know, maybe they would bust in tons of paper. Because, you know, they're always, I don't know, it's always like whole, it was like whole pieces of paper lying around undisturbed floating around right not burned and there were even some like snakes of paper remember when they ha- used to have the the um perforated but continuous feed computer paper yeah uh, yeah if you remember that, that was a long that was time so, ago you know? so, now sometimes i feel insulted when people say stuff like that like oh you don't know you're too <laughs> like oh. no i was there dude i was there yeah you rip it up you rip it off kind of like you know Kind of like you rip off a check or something like that. Or... Yes, and in one part of the 102 minutes, there was one of those, but it was like black. And you saw it in the smoke, because we're like, the vantage point of this one video is like maybe three, four blocks away from the Twin Towers. So you saw it in the smoke coming out of the gash in the Twin Towers, and it slowly, it, it was mesmerizing. It slowly hmm. wafted toward the camera person and ended up at the feet. Hmm. It was weird. It was like super mesmerizing. Aww. I wonder if that's what its purpose was. <laughs> but then, you know, another thing I wonder is maybe they, it might be easier for them to create the scene and do all of this and then actually send people in that were authorized to, you know, film the uh, safe incident, basically. So they got to go in there and they got to film, like, you know, when we see people running down the street with dust on them, maybe they were actually there and everybody's acting, but they get to film, they're allowed to be there to film that scene there, basically. So that's what I mean about some of the videos possibly being real on the day, yet staged in in uh, conception, you know? Right. Right. And I always think, why wouldn't they use a multitude yeah, to find out, there's, yeah, they have to, they're going to use a variety of methods, I think. Do whatever fits, whatever's easiest. Right. All right, should we finish playing? Oh, Continue. yeah. Continue. All right, we're at 144.56. Although I have to say, I think Clues Forum is 
found evidence of video fakery in every 9-11 video so far. Maybe that's a question to ask Hoy or anyone from Clues Forum. Has, has there been, or Simon Jack, or even Ab, or anybody, anybody out there, Chris from Hoaxbusters, is there, is, has there been a 9-11 video that can't be debunked as having media favorite? Well, I think that whether it's, uh, whether they filmed it there or not, I think that they definitely, it's edited regardless, so. Totally edited. The terms, the terms need to be defined more, I guess. Yes, defined. Yeah. All right, we are playing now, <laughs> I said this before, at one forty-four fifty-six. Okay. Three, two, one, play. That, what is that falling? Is that a person? That's where I'm falling. For me, at least, I think there's like this level of denial. Oh my God, don't be a person. Where? Oh my God. Where? I think it's because my mind doesn't let myself go that dark, and it's sort of a defense mechanism in a way. Oh my God. No way. Yeah, I see it. I see it. I just, I mean, who's to say it's not like a chair? So even up until that point, I didn't realize that I was actually videotaping people jumping out of a building, so. Uh, there are fire crews just screaming into this area from every conceivable direction. I came across a guy leaning against the hood of a car, listening to the radio because you heard these first reports come in. Uh, and uh, just this entire area of lower Manhattan is going to need to be avoided. Suddenly, on the left side of my viewfinder, I saw something coming from behind the building. When the second plane hit, I thought it was a mistake. <laughs> oh my God! It's terrorists! What do we do? Pause it. <laughs> she yelled, "Oh my God! It's terrorists!" <laughs> how, how could they possibly know? She saw them. Okay. But she did her. see the plane, right? But the video, okay, so that's part of Carolyn Dry's... They, the terrorists, no, the terrorists waved to her as they flew, right before they flew into the towers. That's what she knew. Very clever girl. Obviously. Obviously. So they're mixing a bunch there. So you have Evan Fairbanks talking while they're playing Carolyn Dry's video. It's very confusing. <laughs> Okay, let's continue playing. Uh, I'm at 146.17. I'm kind of scared now, though. I'm here for you, Rochelle. Don't worry. It'll be okay. <laughs> It'll be okay. I'm here for you. All right. Three, two, one, play. Megan, I think, came to the realization before me that it was terrorists. <laughs> I'm so scared. <laughs> I didn't discover that um, a second plane had hit until I got into the elevator. And it was only then that we all kind of... All right, we're pausing it. We have David Vogler. Let's look up David. V-O-G-L-E-R. He's the fourth photographer. 
Hmm. He's now the creative director for digital media. No, he's not. About David Fogler. David is just a regular guy who has the courage to... If you got to say someone's a regular guy, they're probably CIA is what I'm saying. Okay. He has um, done such things as MTV. Okay, David is a regular guy. Look, everybody's suspicious, all right? I don't care if you work at a fucking goddamn donut shop. If you come out with a fucking 9 video, uh, you're suspicious of this shit. So that's what I... I don't care where you work, David. He invents award-winning, award-winning creative for the biggest brands in media. That's not even a good sense. Such yeah. as MTV Network, Nickelodeon, Playboy, yep. Time Warner, Marvel Entertainment, Comedy Central, NBC, AOL. Well, come on, Walt David. Let's see, let's see your Playboy work then, since you think you got some. <laughs> Hulu. Let's, let's see it, David. He does everything. He's well, lectured at the Carnegie Mellon University, Pratt Institute. We're most interested in your Playboy stuff, David. <laughs> so, insider, check. Check. David Vogler, Naked Woman and Cocaine, check. All right, during 2001... David developed and designed designed Nick.com, NickJr.com, NickAtNight.com, and TVLand.com, sites considered the gold standard for web entertainment in the youth market. Oh, he's doing good there. He started all those streaming sites to get those kids all propaganded up, you know. <laughs> so he was um, vice president, uh, creative director from 98 to 2004 as he worked for MTV Networks Online. Insider? Check. By the way, Adam Curry, don't fool yourself, people. He's an insider. I've never listened to Adam Curry. I don't know what the obsession with that guy was. Like, if somebody played his voice, I don't even think I could pick it up. Sorry, Adam. No. He's a huge dude. Did you, did you listen to him? Adam Curry, mm-hmm. not too much anymore. Because okay. once you know people are lying to you, it's kind of hard to be. You're like, well, what's trustworthy? What you're saying, if I know you're lying, is what you just said trustworthy, or is the other thing trustworthy? <laughs> what do you do? So, um, you have listened to them for a while then? I probably listened to like. 15 minutes of it a week. Well, what do they typically talk about? Um, so we're talking about the No Agenda show with Adam Curry and John C. Yeah. Dvorak. Yeah, yeah, I've never listened to it ever. They deconstruct the media. They take oh. new shows and then they talk about it. Okay. But what they really doing, you know, is they're inserting the propaganda just to a different audience in a different way. But that mm-hmm. audience doesn't know they're being propagandized to. They think they're they trust getting, these yeah. They think they're getting alternative media. Oh, but they're on the radio, straight up. Yeah, you're just getting the same shit everyone else is, but in a more condensed format. So David Vogler, let's see, nine eleven. 
I'm trying to find his um, 9-11 IMBD reference. Oh. Because he filmed the... Which video did he... Definitely. He's a weird-looking guy, by the way. Side note, doesn't matter, but just mentioned it. Slightly alien. <laughs> huh. Playboy, huh? <laughs> right on. Right on, right on, right on. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. Why isn't his IMBD showing his 9-11 stuff? Let's see. I'm just not finding it. That's my fault. I'm sure it's there. Nevertheless, he's a Hollywood insider, okay? He's a news media insider, so. I believe it. All right, let's continue. David Vogler. Okay. At 146.43. Here we go. Pressing start. Realized, you know, this doesn't sound like an accident anymore. This is a terrorist. Do you think? I think it's a terrorist. Yeah. The two planes? One right up. There were two? Another one just hit it. Yeah. I did not know that. It's another aircraft hit it. Was it British Airways? It was a commercial airline. Yeah, I saw that one. But a second one hit, too. Someone said it was the British Airways hit the second world trade right in the middle. There was a lot of disinformation uh, that was going around by word of mouth by... Okay, I'm going to stop that for a sec. Look what he does. He goes, there's a lot of disinformation by word of mouth. Like, eyewitnesses are not trustworthy. Mm -hmm. Only media people are trustworthy. They set that up when everybody knows that there's no British Airways that did that. We all know that now watching this video here. But now, you know, so yeah, that was completely set up. You're kidding. He's like, I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe people were really that nerdy to me. I don't know. But it just doesn't seem genuine. Yeah, it doesn't. All right. I'm at 147.10 seconds. Okay. Hitting play now. Frightened, panicked people on the streets. And now I hear somebody said in the news that they said they're going to do it every half hour. So they should do a plane into this thing every half hour? Isn't it done enough? Nobody has any straight information. We don't know what's going on. All right, putting, playing pause. Mm -hmm. Now we have our fifth person, Cheryl Dunn. Miss Dunn. Cheryl Dunn, D-U-N-N. Boom. Well, Cheryl Dunn. Oh, what you done done? Look what you done done. Look what you done done. There you go. She cited as miscellaneous crew for 102 minutes that changed America. That's it. Oh, yeah. I'm going to do the rest. All right. What else has girl done recently? Her most recent work is 2013, a documentary called Everybody Street. Is she a camera worker or director? Well, yeah, she's done directing, cinematographer, producer, one credit. Okay, see, not many credits, though. She has one director credit, one cinematographer credit, and one producer credit. And all that is for the same movie. It's a documentary okay. called Everybody Street. What's that? What's that about? Let's take a look, shall we? Oh, I need to get a clickless mouse. Is there such a thing? Um, clickless mouse. 
you don't want to hear it go click. Yeah, it's a tap. Yeah, it's like a um, like a pad. You mean? Yeah. Everybody's so you, street. You want this, but you don't want that. Damn, hard to please sometimes. <laughs> oh, directed by Cheryl Dunn, Everybody's Street illuminates the lives and work of New York's iconic street photographers, including <sighs> Bruce Davidson, Mary Ellen, Mark, Elliot Erwitt, Ricky Powell, and Jamie Shabazz. Two thousand thirteen, so Oh, shot by the renowned photographer Cheryl Dunn. Oh, so maybe we need to do for maybe she's a photographer. That's what we need. Photographer Cheryl Dunn. There we go. She doesn't do the moving pictures, she does the still. Oh, she's a photographer today. There you go. Well, wait a minute. It says filmmaker, too. She's making shows right now. Well, she is, isn't she? She does commercials. Oh, she got a big career going. Exhibitions. Want to go to one of her exhibitions? Is she taking her clothes off? I don't think so. Oh, that's a different kind of exhibition. Yeah, what's the date on that? Photo exhibition. Okay. Eh, probably not. Oh, I see. Yes, photo. Not <laughs> She's not an exhibitionist. <laughs> All right, let's go to her wiki. Cheryl you Dunn know, graduated from Rutgers University with a BFA in art history. CIA. <laughs> After moving to New York in the mid-80s, she spent a large part of her career documenting the city streets and the people who strive did. to leave their mark. Again, huh? That she did, dude. She got a deal going there. The city streets, huh? Her films have played at numerous film festivals, including Tribeca, Edinburgh, Rotterdam, Hot Docs, Los Angeles, Havana, and on PBS. Okay. Well, so she's, maybe she's in the biz, at least, if not an insider. Oh, yeah. Totally in the biz. Yeah, she's in there. Which, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Is there anybody who's like, hey, I'm just the, I work in the lumber yard. I get up at five every morning. Yeah, I'm just walking out to get some eggs for my daughter. She's eight. And uh, she she bade daddy, I want some eggs. So I got up. I was going to get to get her some eggs. You know, this is the only day I can spend with my daughter. And, you know, I, I, I brought my camera because... I was going to go, you know, talk to the store owner about it, and then this just happened. And I feel, no, there's nobody, there's no lumber, there's no, there's no Guido. There's nobody like that. They all have, they all have professional cameras and professional uh, careers, basically, that involve camera and production and TV writing and, uh, you know, all kinds of, uh, I guess, uh, illusionary Hollywood-like uh, categories. There's no, like, yoga instructor. That's Not yet, that. right? Haven't found any yet. I thought that she was. She looks like a yoga instructor. She looks yoga-ish. I agree. So, yeah, she's got all the professional equipment, for sure. Being a yeah. professional photographer and having her own shows and her own studio, she's done quite well. 
after 9-11. Ooh, what about before 9-11? What'd she do then? Oh, in the 80s, that's right. She's documenting street people. Always with the camera, huh? Always with the camera, never far behind. All right, let's listen to Miss Cheryl Dunn and see what she says about herself. All right, we're at one hour, 47 minutes, and 28 seconds. All right, going to start her in three, two, one. Nobody's phones will work. All the cell phone lines on the street are all jammed up. So you just kind of, I see what I see, but that's really what only thing I know. It was, it was like a combat zone down there. All right, now we're at the next gentleman. It's really weird. Have you noticed, Rochelle, that when they show the street scenes of 9-11 after the first plane hit, before any tower fell, they'll pan the scene, and then you'll have some police officer or fireman or some sort of aid worker leaning over someone in a stretcher. Or someone hurt on the ground. But there's always one of those in every one of these scenes. And I'm like, where are these hurt people coming from? They're they're constantly caught in the hero position. <laughs> constantly, yeah. Real interesting. All right, our next okay. yeah. our next candidate for an independent filmographer. Let's see if he passes the test. Sam Regal. R E I G E L. Let's try well, it. Like Regal Studios? Yeah. R. I already forgot. Sorry. I'm terrible at remembering things in R E I G E L. E I G E L I M B D. Mr. Sam Regal. Got a nice fat I M B D, of course. Mm. Oh, he I did not expect. I did not expect this, Kay. Are you shocked? Your mind is, like, blown? Well, I mean, it's pretty much on the other side of the room. What would you call that? Blown. So, yeah, this is unexpected. Sorry. So Sam Regal was born on October 9th, 1976. So this dude, you know, when he was born, the other lady was hard to find. Dries, Carolyn Dries, we couldn't find any of that information on her. No, she's a ghost. A famous ghost. Famous ghost. He was born in D.C. in 76. I did not expect this. Uh, He worked on... Well, let's see what he did, though. Let's see all his credits. Uh, Resume. Actor. So here's his goodies. The last thing he did, ooh, he played a role in Critical Role. He has 260 actor credits. This is unbelievable. Yeah, you see, it's always the expected. That's now. This is the first actor we found that's a confirmed actor. Oh, that's right. So we got a writer, one writer, and two filmographer, <laughs> videographers, and yeah. one photographer. Now we have a writer. Mm-hmm. All hooked into Hollywood. Okay. Ooh, Regal's been active forever. His first credit was in 1985. He's been acting since when? When was he born? He was born in '76. So he's been. A, what's he since he was a kid? Since he was a young teen. 
Yes, he's been acting since he's a young he, teen. He's been, but he was, and he was born in D.C., eh? Yeah, 260 credits. That's a ton. I'm still scrolling down the IMBD since I opened his uh, link. Don't oh. have a yeah. All right, miscellaneous crew, 43 credits. What is miscellaneous crew? I think he does get credit, though, for 9-11-102 minutes that changed the world, doesn't he? Changed the, <clears throat> it only changed America. Oh, that changed America. Sorry. <laughs> I'm overzealous. <laughs> he has, let's see, what's his name again? I'm going to keep saying it. So we, Sam Regal. He looks like he's half Asian, right? Doesn't he? Man, all these people are kind of weird looking guys. Because he's doing a ton of Asian movies, I noticed. Oh, okay. That's... As a little Asian kid, like his IMBD credits. See, that's racist in its own, you know, manner. I would have to do. I would, I would have to do a lot of black movies, gay. Obviously. Why is that? Because I'm black. Oh. <laughs> you know, uh, you could play any role you want. Hmm. Case you said could I do could. it. Yeah. I want to play Cinderella. Oh, he does video game acting for video game segments. I guess those are voiceovers, right? Jeez. He's done tons of stuff in video games. Gears of War, Bioshock, Aliens. Wow. Digital. 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 All right. So this dude, Sam Regal, also has other weird stuff for Hollywood. He has um, 18 writer credits. Playboy. Playboy. I read it for the articles, you know. (laughs) He has seven producer credits, seven casting director credits. Four director credits, two editor credits, and it goes on and on and on. All these little other things. But mainly he's an actor. All right. Oh. Let's now listen to Sam Regal continue his story on the day of 9-11. Literally a story. Okay. A story. At one hour, 47 minutes, and 46 seconds. Three, two, one. There was paper and dust and sirens and there were injured people things were falling out of the buildings police cars and ambulances driving up on sidewalks it was it was hellish to look out out the window and see the stark difference between the previous day and this day and how everything and everyone just changed I saw the firemen arriving at the scene just like I saw other emergency response vehicles. That's Evan Fairbanks. You see on some of their faces when they're walking by a camera and, and just looking up, and I could just imagine what's going through their heads. It's like, I'm standing here with, like, a 25-foot piece of hose and a fire extinguisher, and I'm looking up at this 100-story, 110-story building on fire. Like, what am I going to possibly do here? Looking at the buildings, I I found that um, the connection I made was with people. All right, stop. We're at John Calimino's Calimnio. How do you say that? 
John Kalimnios. All right, John Kalimnios, where are you from? Let's IMBD that bad boy. John K A L Y M N I O S. Isn't that Greek? Perhaps. Oh, I would think so. I M B D. John's done a lot of things. Let's see. I'm excited. Wait. What's wrong with John? Wait. We got one from 2008. He gets IMBD, uh, all of his whole IMBD. He only has one credit, and that's 102 minutes at Changed America. He's so a weird he, guy. He's not in the movies. That's all we know. So, what else do we do for John? K A L Y M N I O S. 9-11. He's an artist. He is an artist. Oh. Does he have a... He's in the 9-11 commission report. Do you know... Take flight with creative time. 2008. The hell is that? <laughs> John Kalimnos. Mm-hmm. Events, tickets, auctions, honorary, absentee bidding. So it's an auction house. Mm-hmm. God, I feel like that's just such a great cover for, you know, agents and stuff like that. Patrons, control F. Greek Shana. work. Yeah, it's Greek. Yeah, I don't know if he's even... Sean, my friend. He's an artist. I just feel like that's just a great cover. I'm going to take away the word John. Just do Kalimnios. On the video, John Kalimnios reacts to footage he captured in Tribeca. Oh, jeez. There's not a lot of on John. Are you finding anything? Nope. <laughs> Adam Shanker, Times Square. Adam Shanker is a professional. Okay, so Kalimnios. I got something that's analyzing these dudes. Let's see what that is. Ladies and gentlemen, this is called Research on the Run. That's what we're doing here today. On TalkBox. You're listening to TalkBox. <laughs> it's June 30th, 2016. What you're is with, that? We don't know. With Rochelle N.K. Shello. Um, why I'm looking up Mr. Kalimnios, um, what are some of the websites you like to go to, Rochelle? Um, as far as what? Websites. What websites do I like that to go you to? like to go to the kind of in the same idea of what we are discussing here today? I actually, you know. I actually just use, I just kind of read the news. I kind of do my own kind of deciphering, so I don't really go to any websites. Is that crazy? Wild? I don't, I just kind of, um, I guess I just kind of uh, take it naturally. I don't really look into 
uh, other websites as far as trying to figure out uh, my position on things initially. So, uh, so the question then is, how do you come upon decisions of things? Uh, I think that I just kind of let them jumble around in my head for an unlimited amount of time until I come to a natural uh, conclusion about them, a comfortable one that I feel I haven't, I don't know, been immediately, like this is what I consciously would like to believe, like that I haven't been like immediately um, manipulated or, you know, pushed into making that decision. So, you know, sometimes it takes a while to figure out your position on things, you know. Uh, I don't think that you can just, like, <clears throat> read something or... It all it all, it all, all comes in pieces, right? And so where do you get your pieces from? Um, honestly, I think that I just... Uh, the gathering of information here and there, depend, it depends on what topic, of course, but... Uh, uh, I you know I think it's mostly audio rather than rather than um, text I guess. Ah, what's your favorite audio? So you know, uh, I mean, I like listening to Hoaxbusters. Hoaxbusters, what's that? What the hell is Hoaxbusters? Chris, Chris Kendall from Oklahoma. I'm sure anybody that's even listened to this has heard heard of Chris and listened to his podcast and stuff like that, so I think that just, if I could find anything else that's like that, that would be, I mean, I also like to listen to, um, you and Hoy, okay, so, I mean, uh, obviously, thank you, yeah, I listen to all you guys' stuff, so you're on my podcast, and I, um, I don't get to, you know, listen to you guys enough, so, you know, but I, I just like to hear people debate. And I think that I sway uh, in, you know, months at a time. I have a position on this, and then I have a position on that. So um, I just, uh, I can appreciate the swing and respect it, I guess. So, uh, yeah, I like to listen to people debate things mostly. <clears throat> or just bring up, you know, uh, alternate alternate questions on a variety of topics. There's not very many things out there like that, so. Fringe. You're looking for fringe stuff. Not, that's a that's a controversial word. <laughs> fringe disc fringe topics. I'm looking for open discussion. Open discussion. Truly, truly open, non scripted, you know. Um, non-combative uh, and you know productive but you know like the way that I'm speaking now it's not in a controlled manner or well thought out at all <laughs> it's kind of rambled but I I feel like this is kind of like uh, in, this is just this is the way that my mind is processing things as I'm speaking to you naturally and so I'm kind of unfortunately kind of taking everybody like through my thought process verbally so it kind of sucks but i think that it may if it, if it's if it's able to be followed it may i don't know give root to some kind of logic 
or, you know, the perspective that I have on things. So, mm. good and bad. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm always drawn more toward the natural discussion because she's like spontaneous, I think. But also, no, then I liked, then I like a, you, I think the information is more dense in a pre-written discussion, which sometimes I like that. I like both. It's all good. But yes, I know what you mean. And I appreciate you do so well in natural discussions. I like to hear your thought process. It's, uh, it couldn't possibly, there's no way. I mean, I, it's frustrating for me. So I can imagine anybody on the other end. So, uh, you know, yeah. Okay. Good. My apologies. None, none needed. John Kalimnios. I he's at a fine art well see John Kalimnios, is he an artist himself? It's how, <clears> how many I, are in I, New York, you I think? I can't see that guy sitting down painting. Look at his glasses though. He looks like he's into the finer things, he's into detail and whatnot. But I, I couldn't see him actually painting anything. No, I think he's just probably in the art business, which he must have an enormous amount of free time. Right, it's, he's in New sounds, York. So. Sounds like money laundering. <laughs> right. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, he's got some you sort know, of art degree. This money laundering thing, that's the perfect way to get money in and out of something. Where like, well, here's these, you know, we could, you could just make a shitty painting. You could sell it for $50,000 or whatever and have somebody come in and, I don't know, you know what I'm saying? I don't know. That's how they, like, transfer the money in and out of a company and I don't know. Right? What a perfect, a perfect cover. Seriously. Shitty art. You're just slaying it and making, yeah, like, just just to get money out of the, I don't know. I'm trying to let my kitty out. Go on, kitty, get out. Go on. Get out. Don't stand halfway and half the door. can't own a cat, Kay. Cat's not yours. Right? right? They own you. <laughs> my cats do. Dang. They meow when I jump. I'm like, how high? And to be a free animal. Well, no, I know this vegan girl who owns a cat, and I just, that's what I told her. Like, you can't own a cat. You love animals. You can't. That cat is not your cat. (laughs) It's my indentured servant. Like, you can't, there's no, you can't lock that cat up and take, take control of it. Yeah, it's terrible. I'm its representative. How's that? (laughs) <laughs> to the other human beings here on earth. I'll be my cat's representative. Well, I'm going to be the representative of the cat representative. <laughs> I need to talk to the cat first. <laughs> no. Uh, so what have we decided about John Kalimnios? Is he an insider or is he not an insider? Well, he's on this. He's an insider. <laughs> because? <laughs> I would, If I had $5 and somebody asked me that, I would just say yes, yes. He's an art dude. He does exhibits in New York. Looks like his last one was like a thousand and one. Two thousand and one. Oh jeez. Did that it's a ghost. 
And they don't have anything like recent. Who knows who this guy is? John? Who names her first circuit? John, view works. Let's see what he's done. He's done one thing though. It's a picture of like a candle with lights with concentric rings kind of coming out of it. Where the light is kind of thing. Interesting. Well, so we don't know. We can't say for sure unless we find other information. No, check the never, clues. They don't have anything. We'd never be able to say for sure, but... Uh, that one's still up in the... We need more information on that one. Yeah, give it to us. Tell us the whole truth and nothing but the truth. Yeah, and then the other links that say they have John Kalimnios in them, I, they're dead links. There's, so there's a ton of dead links all over the <clears throat> internet on this dude. He could be a completely made-up dude. I mean... He's not really coming up at all. That's interesting. He, uh, It looks like he hits the gym, so anybody that goes to the gym, keep a lookout for... Uh, I mean, we'll, have, we'll get it posted up. Check out John Kalimnios, his picture, and see if you've ever seen him at a gym. Or any of your, you know, local workout places. Oh, here's one. Some of the best works. So this is a article from the New York Times. Not moving, but changing. And it's about art. Uh, another more radical example of, let's see, well-known for, okay, so we're going back. They're talking about hand-tinted mirrored glass bottles displayed inside a mirror case. So John Kalimnios's trippy arrangement of synthetic fauna is a specimen box with electrical motor that causes blah, 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 blah. Okay, so he's doing art here. Okay, there's one mention. What's the date of this? Paper. What's the date? How do you find the date of an article or a web page? I actually don't know. Because that enormous amount of help. Well, this exhibit was in 2004. So I'm not thinking. Oh, 2006. Mm. Okay, so he did. A, he's doing a few art, arty things here and there, but nothing in a big way yet. Yeah. I could be wrong. Still to be determined. All right, should we get back to the uh, video? Yes, ma'am. All right, John Kalimnios, the so-called artist. And we're at one hour, 48 minutes, and 52 seconds. It's the gym, too. All right, let's get the gym. All right, playing in three, two, one. You know, these, these poor people that were just basically hanging off the building at that point. I see a person waving a flag. Oh, no, there's another guy up there hanging. What are you doing, man? Oh, my God. And then them falling. Oh, he fell out. Oh, he fell out. The guy with the flag. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's, it's not something you want to capture on film. And fortunately, I had a wide-angle lens on the camera, so that sort of pushed it further away so the connection wasn't so immediate. I've always had a camera on me, always. It was how I 
probably emotionally dealt with the trauma because I was like, I had a mission. But my boyfriend, who was just really kind of with me, wasn't actually having the act of documenting. He had um, some emotional issues, but I kind of didn't because I had an objective and I had a mission and maybe I had this, you know, I had this thing between me and this um, situation. This is unbelievable. I felt detached from this horrible event because I was seeing it through a viewfinder. And in a way, it actually made me braver. And I ended up walking closer to the buildings. And that probably wasn't a good place to be. That's David Vogler. I'm on Broadway in BC. There were hundreds of sirens going off. And All right, let's stop it. We got a new player. Did you get her name? It went by so quick. Hold on one sec. Alfie Alvarado. Alfie. Alfie Alvarado. They they got a nice, you know, a women, Hispanic men. The nice. Yeah, great mix. Yep. Right. All right. Uh, okay, in this. Have some black person yet, but yeah. Not yet. Just you gotta wait though. There's gonna be one. Alfie Alvarado. <laughs> oh, is she fancy or something? Let's see. Alfie serves as board of director of your Washington State Department. With Governor Jay Inslee. Is that the same one? No way. Huh, she's done stuff and with women's thing and she's like awesome, but that can't be the right person. Unless it can be, you know, I don't know. Or LinkedIn. Uh we need her IMBD. IMBD. There we go. Wow. She's a one credit person on IMBD. She's done one thing, and that's this movie. She's just a normal guy. So we can't look at that. And that's the same with John Kalimnios. He's only done one thing. Okay, we found our normal Joes. Maybe. We'll see. Alfie? Isn't Alfie like her nickname? That's the name they're giving us. How will we ever know? It doesn't sound like a... But it could be. Alfie? Wait. Alfie Alvarez captured the evacuation of Lower Manhattan, but then in the title it says Alfie Alvarado. There's a lot of that, by the way, of mixing up names on purpose to make people hard to research. Alvarez. Huh. But it's supposed to be Alvarado. Could it be two different people? Well, the title says Alvarado, and even the link has Alvarado in it. Okay. But then the description says Alvarez. 
What was her video? They're going to show what we haven't seen it yet. Yeah, she's, um, oh, I think it's just her video. Fortifying the... Okay, I'm going to stop that. All right, so let's see. While we continue to research Alfie Alvarado, what she says about the day of 9-11. I'm at 1 minute, 50 seconds, and 23. No, 1 minute, 50, sorry, 1 hour. Dang it, (laughs) 50 seconds. I'm going to start over. We're at 1 minute. God dang it. (laughs) Come on. Rochelle, where are we at? Well, I, I was playing. <laughs> oh, one hour, 50 minutes, 23 yeah. seconds. All right, I'm pressing play now. There were hundreds of sirens going off, and it was very loud, and it was very scary. Let's go, let's go, man. And I'm zooming in, and at that moment, I'm looking through the viewfinder, Everything looks surreal. It moved. It literally leaned a little bit. And then I saw it just crumble down like sand. It just came straight down like like a sandcastle. It sounded like some sort of horrible wail of metal and glass and it was it's indescribable but it was an enormous sound i'm just shooting 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 and the sound that that it was a building falling never crossed my mind and as soon as the building hit it was like a small earthquake and i was thrown backwards off my feet like five foot back into my apartment i was thrown and i got up and I run back to the window and I'm just shooting and people are crouching under, looking and crouching under cars and one second later the debris car just came shooting into the apartment and everything turned black and it was suddenly like being underwater. When you say smoke, you think of something thin and like a cigarette smoke, but this wasn't smoke. This was, this was more like a mini tornado of sorts where it had weight and depth and it, it like a serpent, it, it came weaving in between and around and over the buildings, and it, and it was like this rolling kind of pulverized dust and rock and metal and cement, and um, I mean, it was that powerful and it had that kind of energy. Stop it. Stop it. I need to comment on a few things, but first, do you have any comments on what we heard so far, Rochelle? Um, not particularly. Well, one, how they say how it fell, you know, like a sandcastle. It fell like yeah. a sandcastle falling down. Well, that that's convenient, right, with the pancake theory. <laughs> right? But that, it tipped, it tipped. And I think all of this is to give the illusion that they actually saw something happen. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure I'm going to go along with the viewpoint of Clues Forum, um, the majority of their members. And I think Ab is from fakeologist.com. He said this too, that probably there is a military-grade smoke device obscuring the towers so that no one could see anything go on that day. And probably they had 
um, electrical jamming devices, so cell phones and walkie-talkies and such couldn't work. And so there's really no way to take a video in the first place. And that's one of the big reasons why conclusions are made that perhaps every video we see is a filmed in advance or manufactured in advance video before the day of 9-11. Yeah, the smoke would have been so hard to filter what you're saying. Oh, and then, so, then the last thing, I even did this research myself. Did you hear how he said the smoke was like a serpent? Uh, <clears throat> I don't think I caught that particularly. Yeah, so he was like, the smoke is like a serpent weaving in and out of the city. No, that's, right. and in fact, they have a video. on. That's a lot of force. Right. It wouldn't be like a serpent. It would be like a wave. Smoke comes in like a wave, not like a serpent. But the reason he needs to say serpent is because in a lot of the 9-11 videos, when smoke is exiting between two buildings... It continues to stay in like a snake-shaped form, but that's no, it not. It does, and if you watch it, you're like, "Oh, it is like a serpent." You're right, but that's not reflective of reality. Reality is completely different. When smoke exits between two buildings, it fans out. It fills up the space it's given. It doesn't stay in its confined, because debris is heavy, right? Smoke has particles in it that are heavy, and they want to go down to the earth. The gravity's pulling them. So as soon as their their confines between the two buildings is over, they spread out. And you can see this when you watch the um, the Kingdome in Seattle demolition. Mm -hmm. You see the smoke exiting between two buildings, and it fans out right away. It fills yeah. its environment. Yeah. It loses force, basically. You know. That too, right. It's yes. like water. Right. So it doesn't come out like a serpent no it doesn't but that's what the fake videos show so i think that's interesting he's putting that in there as sort of to clean up the act they left behind anyway all right ready to continue yes or we have eight minutes left of this portion where the camera people are talking about their footage all right we're at one hour 52 minutes and 26 seconds. All right, and pressing, pressing play in three, two, one. The World Trade Center is blowing up. We're just going to get some air. And I'm thinking, go to the roof. I don't know why. Look, just looking for air, you know. Keep your apartment door shut if you have good air in there. We're just going to get some air. And um just um, ran up 10 flights of stairs and opened up the, the door and it was like everything was white and what was the most striking was there wasn't a sound I think that's the strongest memory I have from that day alright stop creepy okay. notice the creepy music stops ready okay. listen to creepy music I remember how clear is it that I think that creepy music has hypnotic effects? Screaming at Sam. But yeah, it does. It's just like can it's just like canned laughter. Right. Yeah. Right. It does something to you. Mm -hmm. All right. What's our lady's name? Queen Tran. Oh, 
queen? Quinn. How'd you spell that? I don't think you would say Quinn, but... Queen Tran. She's Queen like Tran. Queen Tran. She's like Vietnamese, perhaps. Mm. And I think that'd be more like uh, like like you know, not Vietnamese. All right, let's look up her. See, she has an IMBD, and her name is Q U Yin Y E N. That's her first name, and her last name is T R A N. Oh yeah, that's probably Vietnamese. Tran. No, no, no. Oh, she's got an IMBD. Let's see what she's got. She has 60 cinematographer credits. She's a cinematographer? I guess it is Vietnamese. She has four camera credits and one actor credit. Hmm, then what? A toy car. It's a short done in 2013. 2013. But mostly she's a cinematographer. Her latest thing was 2017 because she's from the future, I guess. <laughs> Her earliest thing was 2004. After 9 11. Obviously. Interesting. So there you go. Cinematographer guaranteed. All right. Hollywood insider? Possibly. Or just insider? I mean, the Hollywood. You know somebody. <laughs> right? So she's in the biz. All right. Uh, we're at one minute, 53 minutes, and six seconds. Okay. And three. Two, one. Oh my god. Hold up. I just messed that up. One fifty two. Dang it. I have a touch screen. And sometimes I touch what I'm not supposed to touch. And then everything's going messy. You tell it to the judge, Kay. Look to the judge. Did I say 152.53? Oh, I gotta zoom that forward. On Terrace. 150. Okay. I can't get any better. I'm, I'm around 1 hour, 53 minutes, and 9 seconds. Okay. All right. But not even hearing my own voice. It was as if there were like a sound barrier right in front of my face. It was like being in a blizzard, a very, very quiet place. Um, I just remember squeezing his hand really tightly and as we were running and running, we, we kept on tripping over things and, and falling down and just trying to breathe because we could not breathe at all. I remember thinking that we're really under attack. We're under attack, and there's no one. No one is going to come to our rescue. I never felt 
so alone in my entire life as that moment. All right, shut the window, shut the ACs. Yes, Raphael, We're told that you need to evacuate. So we ran down 25 flights of stairs. When we hit the lobby, we were, it was blackout. There was no light um, from the collapse. All right, can we stop it for a sec? John is like, we were told we need to evacuate. So they're going from the safety of their apartment building with food, water, electricity, fresh air. Well, Did electricity go out? It might have. I don't know. Some people said it did. Some said it didn't. To, to the dirty streets, why would you do that? Would you do that if you were in that situation, Rochelle? I, no, I would lock my door and stay in. What? <laughs> Where are you going to go? And what's the point? What yeah. is the point of leaving if you don't, if your building's not on fire? That's pretty much the only thing that would get me out. Flood, fire, like I'd have to immediately have to leave. I wouldn't, like, decide to leave because there's nowhere to go. It's almost like your last, well, for me, I mean, people have family and stuff, but. Right, if your building is a couple blocks away. You prefer to be in your own place. Yeah, I mean, like you said, what was the plan? To go and wait to be let back in? Like, okay, I'm going to leave my apartment and I'm going to go sit in this waiting area. And then you're going to tell me, Mr. Police Officer, or, you know. I can go back to my room? Okay. And then I'll go back and I'll be out there going, can I go back, please? I need to go back (laughs) to my apartment where there's water and my fucking flaky. Go take a nap. (laughs) What the heck? It's dumb to leave. Is this training people to be stupid by just watching this? In an emergency, leave the comforts of your own home. Immediately, too. Don't even assess the situation outside. Leave it a complete mystery and just venture on out there. Right. When Uh, you get the phone call, go. But you can always go back. I might go and check it out. I wouldn't go out and see. I wouldn't go out of my home assuming that I'm leaving it for good but I might go check out the scene if I couldn't see outside what if there's like fire people and once they see you they're like oh oh, oh you gotta go now you I saw you you gotta leave I'd you gotta like, well I gotta go get my kid upstairs I'm not leaving my fucking kid so I'd fucking run back up <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go ah. I, <laughs> I want to be with you in an emergency darling yeah <laughs> You got that quick thinking. I'd be like, okay, I'm sorry. I'll go. Fuck that. I got shit. I got a stove on too. You want to fucking put a fire out and kill him? There you go. (laughs) There's so many reasons why I can't just step up and leave. Yeah. So many. All right. We're at one hour, 54 minutes and 28 seconds. Feel free to stop it if you have a comment. Oh, no. I'm like hogging all the air time here. I feel kind of bad. Uh, thank you for doing that. Okay. Yeah. So let me know if there's something you're like, wait. Nope. Uh, we're good. All right. One fifty-four twenty-eight in three, two, one. So we just ended up in this sort of dusted environment, and I just sat the camera down, and then the fireman appeared. Two, two. I'm going to... 
Manhattan. Okay, one. Four, seven, four, seven, four. Two, one, two. Four, four seven. seven, four. Can you get an outside line? Because I got a call. Yeah. To tell them okay, I'm going to stop it for a minute. Let's stop it. So this is my proof. They went from his completely clean, sterile apartment room to this other dusty, dirty, filthy, can't breathe room. Well, they wouldn't have any video if they didn't do this otherwise. The video oh. would. Right? Why would had, you leave? Had to do the unbelievable. They're like, why would you do that just to get the shots? Or else there would have been nothing. It would have just been them screaming and fucking... Sometimes they sound like they're having a good time on video, so... Sometimes they do. But this yeah. dude, he's not even a photographer, right? He's just a dude trying to escape with his wife. The other guys, like Cheryl Dunn and Evan Fairbanks and the other dudes, they're photographers. They They want to get the picture. I'd be pissed if I was his wife. Like, I'm not a fucking survivalist. Like, help me. Help me. Right? He's, like, not even paying attention to her. Nope. He's dragging her out into the dust storm. Thanks a lot, dude. (laughs) Thanks a lot. lot. All right. We're at 154.49 in three, two, one. They were in shock. You know, everyone was in shock. You know, when when the towers started falling, firemen, policemen... Everyone was walking around in a daze. Zombies. They look like zombies in the streets looking. When the, when the first building came down, dramatic. we saw it right on the screen. It was live on the screen, and, and we saw it, and it was, you know, uh, unbelievable. All right, stop it there. What's that dude's name in the orange shirt? The red one, the weird-looking guy? Yeah. Uh, I think. Um, With the cracked that? lips. Oh, I don't know. Did so, he just come up? Yeah, he just came up. So, let's see. Adam. He didn't put his name on. Oh, that's Adam. Yeah, that we couldn't find anything on. That's the guy you don't want to meet in prison, all right? <laughs> uh, uh, right. So, he's saying, see, the, the, what he's also doing by what he's saying. Let me repeat what he said. We saw it on the screen. We know what happened. We saw it live. So he's training the listeners and the viewers exactly. to say, if I see it on TV, it must be true. Right, exactly. Yeah, I caught that in his, in his first part where he's like, well, I, I saw it happen right there on the TV. Like, so you didn't necessarily see it happen. Uh, so it, just remember that. Yes. Remember that, that he actually didn't see it happen. He saw it on the television. <laughs> He was a witness to nothing. Exactly. Everything he saw was a, a bunch of video feeds coming in to that screen. Could have come and from anywhere. Is, is this the only guy? This is the only guy that's in here as part of this group that's that's given credit for being there when he actually wasn't really there. He, You know what I mean? Getting footage when he really didn't get any footage. Exactly. Ooh, that's a good point. Like is he? Is there anybody else that was like, I was at home and I filmed my television set and my family sitting around in shock and I filmed them all together and, you know, it's just, here's the video. <laughs> That's good. I phoned my, I filmed my wife on the couch sobbing <laughs> as she watched TV. Yeah, I, so we saw both planes hit, both of them. <laughs> I was, I was eating dinner. You could see, I filmed my, my wife's shirt. She still got sloppy Joe on her shirt. Yeah. So how come this Adam Shanker dude with his professional camera on the day of 9-11 in Times Square is filming other people 
Where's Barbara Walters? Where's where's Barbara Wawa? Where's she at? But there's no one else even with the cell phone or their own hand Sony camera filming. He's the only one. Well, okay, check it out. Do you know how much cameras were back in the... (laughs) I do. They were like two, three hundred dollars. They're expensive. And do you know how much two, three hundred dollars was back in those days? That was like two, three hundred thousand dollars a day. So it. nobody could afford cameras, and of course nobody's going to be walking around with them. You know uh, those. You know how much cameras weighed back then, Kay? Okay, right. They he probably weighed. had a shoulder-mounted get up. You know. Well, let's just say they they were sold with dollies. All right, you told them a rest. That's so heavy. Over a hundred pounds, Kay. Okay. Yeah. All right, so we're continuing at 15516. You know, people were just shocked. People had their mouths open. People were just not moving. They were just uh, fixated on the screen. Oh, my God. We just all got to stick together and look out for one another. I mean, the president has everything. He has the power. It was a very interesting thing to see. Stop it. Did you hear what she said? We just have to stop and look out for everyone. We have to. The I've pre- got the power. The president has the power. He's She's, got the power. The president. Ooh, <laughs> George Bush has the power. He's George got the power. Bush. Yeah, we need a video of George Bush dancing, doing the moonwalk in the disco back. Oh, that's I've cute. Got the power. That's right, the moonwalk. <laughs> so, look at that. Is that subliminal? The president has the power. Is that, you know? Well, here here we go right now. This is when they're going to start doing the whole. So they brought you through this whole emotional thing with 102 minutes. And then this came up. And 102 minutes is just a bunch of video that you kind of get to make your own conclusions about, basically. Because it doesn't really say anything. It just kind of counts down, shows you videos and people screaming and stuff like that. Now here we are with these eyewitnesses and them kind of telling you about the emotional part of what happened and how, you know, here's the kind of more emotive side of it. And then now they're going to bring you to the angry conclusion of it all where we need to go to war and, you know, we need to do this today, right now. We need to make a decision. So people are going to immediately make decisions. If this stuff was played on the news, people are going to be fed this whole, all this emotional roller coaster ride and they're going to come to this angry conclusion uh, that they're giving you that's going to start now. Right now, you, if we oh. if we if we don't pause it, I think that it'll it'll become pretty obvious what the, what the point that they're trying to get across to everybody, you know. Okay, excellent. Let's play it through then, shall we? Good. All right, I'm at one fifty-five thirty-five, in three, two, one. See how people's reactions change. Face of the earth, these animals—they don't deserve to live on this on this earth. They should eliminate them, and we should pulverize them, the mothers. And we should retaliate it right away, because that gives them a chance at all to regroup. That's it. And this, I wish that that will be done today. Uh, that's when I started um, seeing a lot of anger. My personal opinion is we should go to Bin Laden, all those Arab countries, and just blow them up, kill them. That's, that's it, honestly. Kill them. Nobody's respecting life anymore. It's ridiculous. We have to mobilize the military. This is... Because this is what happened. This is what happened. You know, it makes us look like idiots, really. 
All these really innate human behaviors sort of clicked in because everything else is just, you know, peeled away. And it's just about really basic human survival. We got out the door once the dust settled, you know, I was like, walk out the door, go right, and we just were kind of weaving our way south just to get to the edge, to get close to the water. I don't know, that was my instinct. Are you okay? People were helping other people and carrying people and giving them water and, you know, people bonded together, banded together. We eventually made it into Battery Park, which is in the southernmost tip of Manhattan. And that's as far as we can go. People were saying, you know, everybody just stay calm. We're safe now. It's okay. Um, and everyone just sort of sat there and huddled together, watching and waiting for something to happen. collapsed. There was no words, really. No one was talking. It was just staring absently at where this, where the two towers had been, and now they were just gone. For me, I was kind of shooting a news event. You know, then I found out later that, that most of those guys were from the 288th squad and out in Maspeth, Queens. And there were 19 guys that jumped on a truck that morning and none of them made it out. Now every time I see that footage, I want to see every single face. I don't want it to cut away. I can't really think of a time that I plan on watching that rough footage again, but it's there. And, and I think it's important, and I'm glad I did it. Kind of a piece of me wishes I had never pressed record. If you watch the footage, there's an innocence about what I'm thinking, which is this could not be terrorists, those people are not jumping, um, it was a mistake. Now I just, it kind of lifted the veil on like the dark, the depths of darkness. What I went through was profoundly unique, yet at the same time wasn't unique. I mean, there's millions of other people that morning, downtown, went through the same darn thing. Almost word for word what I went through. It happened to everybody. Even, even if you didn't know anybody who was there or have never even been to New York, you know, the country took the hit, not just the people in Manhattan. I was, I was actually walking around for a year and a days and uh, not realizing how traumatized I was by that day. That, that'll never leave me. It's a part of me now. You know, it's a part of who I am. Dang it, those tones were getting annoying as shit. <laughs> Let's make some tones, ready? Mm-hmm. 
what uh, kind of mind control crap? This is why I hate to watch these things because yeah, there is too. a mind control shit going down. They're not gonna waste their time, like you said. They set up the sale, the sales pitch. Keep up. The president has the power. The president has the power. We should kill them. The Arabs eliminate the dirty bastards. <laughs> Uh, I think we got. I think you got your point across. We could so. do it. We could do it. <laughs> but you know, I've been listening to some Lennon Honor, and he says some really awesome stuff. And he says, "What you think is entertainment is really instructions." Well, it's not for your benefit. Yeah. Right. So sometimes when I I listen to different pieces of propaganda, I consider the instruction piece. So. Some of the quotes at the end of this film were millions went through the same thing as me. So what they're saying is, first of all, <laughs> all of New York went through the same thing as I did. So full false, because you're telling us a lie. I mean, you might have been involved in 9-11 somehow, but if if it's a controlled situation and if all of lower Manhattan was blocked off so that no civilian could get down there, then all these cameramen are lying. They weren't naturally there. Then nobody was naturally at the Twin Towers. Because just like a regular demolition, when buildings are raised to the ground, the area is cleared to prevent casualty, unwanted casualty. Because, you know, you get a dead body stuck in stuff. When they start to rot, it's nasty. (laughs) We had a tenant die in one of our apartments. Mm-hmm. And even after he was removed, and it was only two days of rotting, mm-hmm. the smell persisted for quite some time. Oh, yeah. And we were just, we tried to, you know, there's enzyme killers and stuff you can use. So, mm-hmm. and you know, the tenant, we were hoping, because once you smell a dead body, you never forget it. You know the yeah. next smell when you smell it again, for sure. Uh-huh. So, we were hoping that. You know, new tenants never smelled what a dead body was because the smell was, remained in the apartment for a couple months. Gee. Sorry about that. I'm sorry, but they didn't care, so it's okay. Just plug in so, some air freshener. Just a natural death, and then the body just rotted for a couple days only. So. Yeah, he had a heart attack in his kitchen. Died mm. with a drink wow. in his hand. Poor bastards. Jesus God. But that's my point. You don't want to kill people if you don't have to. They're messy. It's nasty. You have to clean up after it. Yeah, exactly. So they would most definitely, if they were planning on collapsing these buildings, they would make sure the area was cleared. Yeah, I think so. Only people in the know or who have a specific job to do. And maybe these people were told to be at this area at this time, whatever. I don't know. Who knows? But, but I, don't, I don't think that they would intentionally kill people either. No, it's messy. You got to deal with things like insurance settlements yeah. and things, court costs. When my dad died, wow, there's a lot of paperwork to be done for dead people. Right. Tons and tons of paperwork. So, like, oh, so, yeah, yeah. Widows have to be dealt with, right? Widow payments and support and upkeep have to be started. It's a huge mess. Huge. So, no, I, you're right. They're not going to kill people unless it's absolutely necessary. Which I don't know what that looks like. I'm not in the business. Yeah. <laughs> what necessary mean? But 
the instructions, the other instructions at the end of the video were you all felt it. You all felt it. Oh, I know. They tell us, right? You felt it. You felt the emotional trauma. Uh, you were traumatized by 9-11. That's what this video is. Right. The goal is to have you be traumatized so that you will fall for the message that the president yeah. has the power and we should go kill them Arabs and eliminate them. It's Very, ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Very good. I'm glad you pointed that out. That fits perfectly. I mean, they just ended with it with all that, you know. That was the point. So it was a sales pitch to Pretty get us, much to help get us into war. For war and everything. Yeah. The you know, using the emotional side of everything. Emotional, right. Who knows what their purpose is, but definitely spending more money on the military is part of that. Oh god, yeah. Well, excellent. Yeah. That was real fun going through that audio well the audio version of that video with you, Rochelle. It was. Yes. Thank you. That was great. Any last words before we end our premiere episode of Talkbox? Cremea, uh, I think not, but uh, hopefully we can uh, put something together next time, maybe on a different topic or something. And yeah, soon. So Soon. All right. Alrighty. Take care. You too. Peace out. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.